Hello, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Bar, the podcast from Next Chapter Ventures. We have a simple mission here to get female founders funded faster. You can learn more at nextchapterraise.com. Get the tailored resources and coaching you need to find, negotiate with, and close the right investors for your business. Hello, I'm your host, Nicole Denholder, founder of Next Chapter Raise. On today's episode of Raise the Bar, I speak with Kate Choice, the founder of HR Tech, a Hong Kong-based company revolutionizing the recruitment industry through technology. Kate explains how she's driven night and day to change the recruitment industry through their flagship product, the HR Pod, and how success through validation by companies such as Microsoft keeps her motivated. Kate also shares on the podcast what's been the most important factor in growing her business, how conviction is critical when telling your business story, and that the future of recruitment will be impacted by the evolution of blockchain. As a member of Next Chapter Raises community, we are pleased to be sharing Kate's journey as a founder and her plans for HR Tech. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here too. This is one of my first podcasts, actually. Fantastic. I'm excited about that. And just really looking forward to hearing about HR Tech. You know, I know a little bit about your business already, but it's you know, a real honor for us to be able to share your story with our community and the people that we work with. So we're going to go through some questions today to hear about you, your story, and what you're doing with HR Tech in terms of growing it. Sure, great. Now I get to talk about my favorite subject. It's a perfect <laughs> Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. <laughs> and you're a proper startup because we've got to be obsessed. <laughs> but let's kick off. And if you could please tell us a bit about yourself and your business. So my name is Kate Choice, and I am, I believe, what they call a serial entrepreneur, probably because I was never that great at holding down a job and working for somebody else. It happened by default. And I moved to Hong Kong in 2007, and shortly after that, started my first company, which was a recruitment company specializing in secretaries at that time. And then over the next couple of years, I went on to build a couple more successful agencies. And in about 2018, I started to become really quite frustrated with the lack of growth, which was really due to a number of inefficiencies that are in the recruitment cycle and that are really faced by everybody who does recruiting. So when I talk about recruitment, I'm using it as an umbrella term and I'm talking about candidates, I'm talking about clients, I'm also talking about recruitment agents. That's just the term that I use. And I don't know what you think, but I don't think I've ever met anybody who said, ah, my recruitment, so easy, so seamless, going so well. All I really hear is unhappy candidates or unhappy clients or unhappy recruitment agents, and it just isn't really doing anything for anybody. And because by nature, I'm absolutely obsessed with efficiency, generally because I'm running my own companies. So, you know, I see the money going in and the money going out, et cetera. All my businesses had always been technologically advanced. So for example, even the very, very first recruitment agency was a secretarial agency. I started it in my bedroom, but I don't speak the language of Hong Kong, embarrassingly, which is obviously Cantonese. 
So I wasn't able to relate to my clients whether or not these candidates were fluent in Chinese, so Cantonese and Mandarin. Yeah. So I was like, how am I going to get around this? So I started videoing the candidates with my old-fashioned handheld camera and teaching myself how to upload and compress, and it was very hard. But we always did that from the very beginning for that reason. By about 2018, the tech had really become so interesting and so sophisticated that I decided to break it off, and it became its own company, which is now known as HR Tech International, and that develops and builds products specifically to change and improve the recruitment cycle for everybody. Any business, we do start where we need to start, right? And we <laughs> yes. do things we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do whatever it works. And recruitment is an amazing business in that you really can start it. You know, there wasn't LinkedIn when I started. It was literally yeah. like a phone book and just calling, calling, calling. So it's hard, but it's possible. Yeah, and you've definitely then seen some changes in the use of technology, just the way we all interact, as you say, with LinkedIn and other methods, right? The world's changed a lot in the past 10 years or so. The world has changed. Unfortunately, recruitment as an industry really has not. There's been very little change for the last 50 years. So my job, my mission is to bring recruitment up to scratch. Well, that's what HR Tech's going to do. And I mean, what's been your biggest success and challenge so far in terms of building the business? The real answer to this is that there are catastrophic failures every single day. And we are so used to them now that they don't even feel like failures. And we really what we talk about is experimentation. We don't know it's going to fail, but we think it's worth the risk of trying. It doesn't fail. We go back to square one. So it's in the fabric of the company. Certainly, I would say the biggest success and the biggest failure are intertwined in that we got funding and everything was going really well. We had some great clients. The company really imploded because the tech team who we were working with just sort of broke down, couldn't keep doing the work. And because they did that, I really lost all my resources and it set the company back by about a year, followed by the pandemic. Not very helpful, but it's true what they say. There's a reason cliches come into the vernacular. It became the greatest success because from that, I built a team and it's really the ideal team. We work so well together. It's so stable. And that has resulted in a product that is yeah. better and more stable and easier and less expensive even and even better for the clients. And of course, I'm not completely without ego. So validation from the big boys is always, for me, a, a very great success. And we have got that. So the biggest players in the industry see what we do, recognize it, see the value and think it's amazing. So from a personal point of view, that is a great success for me, but a little egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to be proud of what you're doing and, and sing that from the rooftops, because if you don't, who will, right? Yeah, exactly. But Microsoft sang us from the rooftops. We were showcasing in a soft launch in a, one of these big electronic fairs in Hong Kong, and they had our sponsors speaking at the end, and HR Tech was shouted out as the most exciting newcomer and product within the whole show. So it took all my restraint not to sort of jump up and down and cheer at that one, but it's certainly nice to hear. 
<laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And you also mentioned funding. How have you funded your business's growth so far? So I funded the business solely until about 2019. And at that point, we went out into the market and very, very quickly secured what we refer to as angel funding or seed funding. We're always a little bit in the middle, so we can't define ourselves sometimes by angel and seed and series A, etc. So we would call it angel funding. And it was about a half a million US and we secured that within about two weeks. So we got very lucky. We're in the right place at the right time, but also the product really just speak for themselves. They're so obvious that it's a good investment for anybody who's looking to make one. Can you just spend a few moments just explaining what the product specifically is? So we have quite a few different products and we've always got new products coming out, but the one we're focusing on at the moment is called the HR pod. And it's a physical piece of hardware. And some people say it looks like a spaceship. And essentially, it's a standalone decentralized recruitment center. So we see a plethora of video apps at the moment. That's great, but that's really only one piece of the puzzle. If we're going to improve recruitment, we need to be able to offer to candidates and clients a very simple, very easy to use way of doing the vetting, the screening, and the interviewing. And that's what the HR pod does. The candidate will walk in. The entire process takes about 25 minutes. It includes personality testing, language testing, a customized video interview, grammar, spelling, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that you would really need to know in that very first round of interviews at any level, really. So our main candidate base would be earning between about 20,000 Hong Kong and 80,000 Hong Kong a month, but it it can do for anybody. And within instantly really now of leaving the HR pod, the client is given a very simple link. And within that link, they click, there's no sign up, no passwords, and they are able to access that secure link of that particular candidate. One of the really important cornerstones of what we do And this is a result really of my experience of tech and my experience of running a business. We knew whatever it was we were going to do had to be really simple. So many of the technological options at the moment are just too complicated. They're expensive. They require retraining of an entire team. They often need specific APIs and that has a flow on to other systems etc, etc. And we wanted something that did exactly what it said on the box and could integrate with anything and was extremely simple for the client. And that's what we've done with the HR pod. It's great to hear that you've had that funding and you've really delivered that into a product that you're really proud of and you know is product market fit in terms of what you're building. And when we go forward or looking forward, what are your next business goals and what's made you pursue even more fundraising to drive these goals? I mean, we could keep going the way that we're going. We've got two HR pods working in industry at the moment. We have another product, which is serving five other clients. You know, if I was just going to keep this to myself, we we could have quite a nice lifestyle and keep pottering on and, you know, retire in a couple of years. But I'm so driven night and day, and I dream about it, that I've got the answer. I know that I can help people. I know that this can be fixed. And... We could grow organically, but 
the quickest way to get this into the hands of the people who need it. So that's both candidates and clients is to raise funding. So we're decided to go for this fundraise, which again, we're referring to as Series A, because we want to be able to get it out as quickly as possible to the people who need it. And the fastest way to do that is through funding. Okay. And I mean, where would you like to see HR Tech in three to five years based on getting our next round of fundraising in? Yep. Well, within the first year after the funding, we will have rolled out 50 HR pods. Within the first seven years, we will have rolled out 5,000. We will start with Hong Kong and then the likely next step before us will be Singapore. And then it would probably be London. And what I would love to see in the next three to five years is everything else that we have in the background coming to fruition. So really the ultimate aim for me and what I can see is this is just the first very simple step to improving recruitment, but we can do a lot more than this. There's a definite opportunity for moving recruitment to the blockchain, moving CVs onto the blockchain as NFTs. And this would facilitate and improve recruitment beyond recognition. And importantly, it will give power back to candidates. So often candidate CVs are sent without permission. They don't know where it's going. That's a disclosure of a lot of confidential information. There's also the opportunity to monetize CVs and For me, that's a very, very obvious next step. It's not quite ready yet, but in three to five years time, it will be. And that's where I see the future of HR Tech International. Again, I love your perspective around not just thinking about your own company, but you're also thinking about how are you improving the system for those that are job hunting. And as you say, it's a lack of transparency for many people, and it's been there for a long time. So how can you use technology to change that? It's nice to hear that that's at the forefront of your mind. Well, that's the drive, really. It's not the money, trust me. It's the, the drive is I have the answer. I know I can improve this for you. That's my duty. If I know how to do it, my duty in life is to do that for you. Now, you know what Next Chapter raised, we're really focused on giving a voice to female founders and being a platform where women can learn about different types of funding and where to look for that funding and hopefully get connected to that funding. And I mean, what advice would you give to a female founder in the planning stages of their fundraising journey? Yes. Well, I mean, this is probably my second favorite subject, which is the favorite subject number one being technology and recruitment. Favorite subject number two, the plight of women founders. We all know the stats. We all know it needs to be improved. I don't think the methods or the mechanics of raising funding for a female or any different from those of a male. There is a lot of negativity out there in terms of how women are perceived when they pitch. My advice is to ignore it because there's no point focusing on all of that. Just go forth and do your thing. And it's about numbers. And obviously I come from a sales background. So the actual mechanics of how do you raise funding for me and personally is all about numbers and picking up the phone, speaking to every single person, going to every networking event, going on LinkedIn, reaching out to as many people as you possibly can, and then making as many connections. And then somewhere like Hong Kong, even during a pandemic, it has still been possible to do that. 
And, you know, then what happens is you get narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower. And just because you get rejected by somebody doesn't mean anything. It just means it's not right for that person. But often they'll recommend you to somebody else. And before you know it, you're having a conversation about a couple of million dollars. So you just got to keep going. You've got to move really quickly. Got to be very careful with your time and make as many connections as you possibly can. And don't take rejection personally. We talk a lot about conviction, and I think that's what you you talk about, your drive around you know you have the solution. And I think that conviction around your product, your business, that you're the right person, I think that's what all founders need to make sure comes out in their pictures. And I think that comes into, yes, ignore a rejection or, or take away some points, but don't let that derail you. I think mm. time management is very important mm. because it can really eat into what you need to be doing on your business generally. And I liked your final point around really the connections and you can never start too early Mm. to be looking for investors or talking to people that might be interested in your business or going onto LinkedIn and kind of looking for people that might be interested in your industry and have invested previously. So I think you can't ever start that kind of outreach too early because I think that's what can speed up the process when you're much more focused on it at that point. So um, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And I was thinking about that just the other day. And if I was sometimes I speak to people who are much younger than me and much earlier in the journey. And what I will always say to them is, I know you hate your job. I know you've got something better you want to do, but at the moment you do have a job and it is paying you, you know, X amount of money per month. What you should be doing is getting as much from that job as you possibly can. You're being paid by somebody else. Get them to pay for your networking, for your personal brand, for your drinks and your coffee. Use that to go out into the market and start building yourself, your personal brand, so that when you do need to raise funding, you're kind of halfway there, but you're not spending your own money. Yeah. So besides capital injections, what's been the most important factor in growing your business? The most important factor in growing my business, and again, it's a cliche, and again, you'll have more insights into this than I do because I don't know if it's a female thing, but the most, hands down, the most important factor in me growing my business, the fact that it's been successful and the fact that we're still here is down to me. Now, that is a really difficult pill to swallow. You know, if you've been raised as a good girl like I have and, you know, everything is always about somebody else and how do you please other people and make other people happy to come to the cold, stark realization that unless you're driving it, nothing is going to happen is kind of awkward and embarrassing, but it's 100% the truth. And it was very difficult for me when I didn't have the right team because I was up against very kind of aggressive men within my own team who knew about a subject I didn't really know that much about at the time, technology. I had this mission and I was intimidated, frankly. And when we transitioned to a new team, what happened was they gave me permission to be a lion is essentially what they did. So when I was a bit shy and I didn't want to be aggressive and I didn't really want to tell people the answer because I was trying to be polite, they just turned around one day and they went, Kate, you know what? You know how to do this. Stop asking us, go ahead and do it. So I had the permission really just to turn into a lion. So when I am very straight these days and I say no and I say yes, 
there's no hubris. There's no hurt feelings. My team are cheerleading. They're happy. They're like, oh, great. She knows what she's doing. Let's go forward. And I do know what I'm doing. I can see the future. I know exactly what the right step is. And that is the reality of success as it comes down to that founder. As you were saying, you know, we have to be obsessed. Nobody cares about this Mm -hmm. as much as we Mm -hmm. care about it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It really does sound one of the biggest metrics really from an investment perspective is the commitment, engagement, drive of the founder. So I love that you've said that. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on our podcast today. I've really enjoyed listening about your story and all the insights you've given us. Well, no, thank you for all that you're doing for the tribe and specifically the female tribe, Nicole. You definitely walk the walk and talk the talk which is fantastic. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Join us next time for another conversation with female entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking things up. To connect with Next Chapter, follow us on social, visit the platform at nextchapterraise.com and subscribe to the podcast for more great stories to inspire, empower and celebrate female entrepreneurs.